0: Hi and welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfing. I'm Jonathan. I'm Roland, and I'm Tony, and we're here to talk to you about <laughs> about Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, it reminded me of that uh, Saturday Night Live skit. We're here to pump you up. Yeah. <laughs> Have y'all been?
1: Well, I was a bit sick, so I couldn't play.
0: Oh no, that sucks.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's rough. No Dwarf Fortress for me for an entire week.
2: (sighs) That's good. At least it means no dwarves were harmed this week, so that's a a positive. Oh, wait, except for mine. I had a a bit of a bloody week in the fort.
0: Uh, Whoops. I had a kind of eventful week for my fortress as well, so... We're doing some some massive rearranging in in my fortress, but we'll get to all that later. I think first we're going to talk a little bit about uh, military and squads and things like trying to get your dwarves to not be a bunch of wimps who run at the sign of a tiny beast coming at them.
1: That's the safe approach. Johan, you also wrote that you breached the cavern for once.
0: Yes, I have. I have not actually explored it. Yet there is a little wide area that is coming off of one of my passages that I was building. And while I didn't immediately wall it up this time, we did not see anything as of yet. We've not explored it. The, the reason is I don't have a military yet. All of my dwarves are still peasants. Hmm. I, I mean, I have, I have a few nobles, of course, but uh, but all of my dwarves are concerned with things like building beds and digging tunnels and making gemstones, because gemstones, I have determined seem to be the most efficient way to use your resources to get more food from the caravans.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's pretty solid. I didn't really think about selling gemstones to them. I just I put somebody on a workshop and just have them building rock crafts or bone crafts to the end of time or if they go nuts then you know, whatever, chuck them in the magma and find somebody else to do it. It's a, it's a democratic for it, for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, Jones, I've run i run into situations where I overweigh the, inca- the caravan. So <laughs> I'll death. have my stone crap. Well, you know, I'll try to sell them 700 stone doors, but they can't carry them all. So what, I, what, what's good about the, the gemstones, the cut gems are that they are small, they're light. And you know, ounce for ounce, they probably have the best uh, uh, value density.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I sometimes end up like accidentally putting an artifact in the stuff going to the trade depot, and then they see it, and then that's all they want, and things <laughs> get awful from there. Because I'm not going to give them an artifact. I you know I don't I just I don't even know these guys. So why would I give you an artifact? I just have to go steal it back. But um, I'll just
1: kill them. Um, yeah, or just take their stuff. And just take their stuff if it's elves. Yeah, I mean, it's but wouldn't it be a bit more effective if you actually encrusted stuff with the jewels and then sell that to the caravan? Like for example, you make a bone scepter and you encrust that with stuff and then sell it because that's way more worth. But it's still kind of light.
0: Hmm. It might be. I have never encrusted that's... anything with jewels. What? what?
1: It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Just imagine you have a solid gold table and there are giant
0: jewels like in it. Mm. I can imagine that it would be really awesome. I have who encrust who <laughs> things with jewels? I'm about to now. Now
2: that now that it's been discussed, I think I'm about to just, I mean, heck, I think that's what I, I think I found my calling. Um, Does it jewel I'm using, do Yeah. I'm using a mod that opens up a gem forge that lets me build like beds and doors and stuff out of gems, which I find really useful because then you can get these really cool like lapis lazuli bed or, you know, pink tourmaline door, which I think looks cool. So, I mean, I just
1: love the idea and just thinking about how that would work. I want I just... a diamond throne. A throne yes. out of solid diamond. You can do it. Uh, only, that, only that the throne is able to handle my fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> this Tony, is, yeah, now I want to do it.
0: <laughs> Tony, are any of your dwarves named Elton John? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Normally, whenever I hit caverns, I just wall them up and pretend that they're not there. But on y'all's advice, I'm not going to do that this time. But I still don't have a military to speak of. And in this particular fortress, I haven't trained anybody and nobody's in a squad yet. I have done that before, but my squads have always ended up being used to hunt down beasts, Never to actually fight in an organized manner.
1: Hmm. beasts, yeah, that's tough stuff. Yeah, especially if you have a bigger animal, not fun to deal with. But do you just give them weapons, or do you actually provide armor for them?
0: You know, I typically say no uniform. Doesn't that just have them go grab whatever they want to grab? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I tell them no uniform, and I have never actually specified anything about what they're doing. So whatever we happen to have in the shop is what what they take with them. Hmm. It
2: seems like a pretty undisciplined military. Um, <laughs> yes. Hey, you know, you guys just uh, do whatever you're going to do. It's fine. You know, if you feel like fighting, that's fine. If you want coffee, that's fine, too. Whatever. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> well, part of my fortress restructuring is aimed at the military. And I am moving from right now, most of my fortress is on the ground level. All of my uh, workshops and, and all the, the, the storage and stuff but I have actually started carving out some areas about about 10 Z levels deep and the first thing that I've carved out is an area that is going to be a fairly large training center and I'm planning on using that area to have my uh, my military train up.
1: That's a good idea. One thing I'm not sure about is the size of the training barracks actually makes a difference in the training. I I have the feeling it does. If you have a giant barrack, they will just stay for their own and like fight with, I don't know, just swing their swords in the air or whatever. And uh, if you have a smaller barrack, I have the feeling that they tend to actually like they do stuff together and they have one teacher that shows them uh, sword play or how to use a shield or whatever. And more dwarfs attend those teachings, I think. So you, th-
0: so you think that maybe um, a smaller room has uh, makes them be more organized in their training?
1: Well, it uh, seems to have a positive impact, just like the size of a tavern does have a positive, a positive impact on uh, social values. If you make it too large... The dwarves just scatter all around and not really have someone to talk to or to train with. Um, Oh, interesting.
0: Hey, Tony, would you mind turning your uh, mic sensitivity down a little bit? Your uh, typing is triggering your your mic on your thing, and we're hearing all the keystrokes. You know what? I think you're
2: hearing the rain. Sorry, I'm going to unmute unless I'm talking. Yeah, let me just uh, be more aware.
0: Could very well be (laughs) Now it's, now it's silent without the sound of the rain in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. so are you saying that it might be a good idea for me to have a smaller training barracks rather than a big 20 by 30? I think yes.
1: I'm not sure about this. But in my personal experience, I just seem to get my dwarf's experience in fighting faster up when I give them a small room.
0: I saw on somebody's YouTube video two different training areas. One was set up specifically for archers and doing target practice. I don't know mm-hmm. how they did that, but maybe just all of their archers were sent to one particular barracks and and their other squads went to another.
1: Um, you can define which squad trains were. And so you just make one Archer Squad and uh, say you can use the Archer Barracks. And this is not an Archer Barracks, so we only want like sword fighters. And uh, the Archer Barracks also obviously needs targets. And then you have to define a target range for them, which should not be too short or they will or it get weird and they kind of stand directly in front of your target, but it shouldn't be too long or they won't be able to shoot correctly. And this all has to be inside of the um, barrack. you set, where the archers should train. And then sometimes it can happen that some archer actually goes there to train once a year.
0: <laughs> well, I saw in this, uh, in this particular YouTube video, I saw a, uh, a group of maybe five or six archers and the target that they were shooting at, they looked like they were shooting across maybe six or seven tiles. Mm-hmm. It was pretty mm-hmm. neat looking.
2: I think the archery stuff's broken anyway, because I've trained archers and you can kind of actually see them in their training. And then when the push comes to shove, they sort of run out and they might, might fire an arrow, but otherwise they just end up like throwing the crossbow at them and you know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like, (laughs) bud, you've got like fortifications and this great place to stay safe. And you've just sort of run out by yourself in your leather armor, and now you're dead, and everyone's sad, and you didn't need to do that. So I think there might be a bug there, or or I just don't know how to play the game, and that is also a
1: strong possibility. But that's been my experience with archers; it's rough. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. You know, um, I've learned one thing: how to fix a uh, kind of kind fix arches. O- obviously, they're still broken, but um. You just have to wall them in, so um, the not not like one hundred percent wall them in, but at least you have to make the um, archery practice right next to where they should uh, stand and fire at invaders. But the thing is, it should not be directly outside or linked to the entrance. So the dwarf actually goes to the fortification and fires through instead of uh, thinking, hmm, I can jump over this wall and bash someone's head in. Uh, you have to wall them in so they rather stay and fire behind their walled in fortification stuff uh, instead of going the long way around for an hour and trying to kill somebody in close combat.
0: Yeah, I've I've seen that too, where uh, where they put the they'll build a barracks, and on top of the barracks is a roof, and the barracks was uh, near the the entry gate to the to the fortress, and all the archers would get stationed on the roof of the barracks, so that they would be shooting at the people from the roof instead of being down on the ground with them. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. order to in order to get outside, they would have to actually go back into the barracks. And wouldn't have a direct access to to getting to the to the invaders except shooting at them from the roof. So that's yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when Just you said like walled that. them in, when you said walled them in, for some reason, what came to mind was Imperial Sardukar from from Dune. You know, it's you you set your your archers in their own sub fortress with their own nasty food and their own <laughs> lousy conditions, and you make them be really hardened, trained archers. And then only when there's anybody that's threatening the fort do you let them out of their cage.
1: <laughs> no, not not like that. Oh my god, I'm not that of
0: a
2: horrible person. What is that oh man, this these forts are sounding less and less pleasant as the day goes on. You know, I I just I just got scared of archers after having squad after squad just completely churned and shoot up. So now I now I go for the. Armed silver, gold, bronze, just
1: thugs basically, is kind of with war dogs. That's been my that's been my go-to lately. That's something I I can't do. Um assign war dogs to someone. It doesn't seem to work for me. I don't know. You know, I can make archers work a bit, but I can't assign war animals to Anybody, so the war animals will still linger around in um, the pastures, and when I don't assign them to a pasture, they will just go to my tavern and just stay there. It's a bit annoying.
2: That is unusual. That is unusual. No, mine. I'll usually go out, and I mean the war dogs definitely don't fare very well in raids because. They seem to be the ones that get killed the most, which then make the the dwarves who own them sad. But yeah, I haven't had any problems with that part of the military.
1: Fortunately. Mm. Damn. Well, I, I tried um, giant wall polar bears once. It didn't work. I had some giant polar bears trained for wall, but they didn't work. <laughs> Uh, was frustrating.
0: I, I noted on on uh, a uh, <laughs> bringing him up again. <laughs> this video or this this podcast is brought to you by Krugsmash. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I saw For on, on his uh, us, I know, right? So, uh, well, he's paying a good portion of our salaries. So. <laughs>
2: Wait a second, you you guys get paid?
0: Zero dollars on zero dollar installments over over a long period of time.
2: In dog bone artifacts.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He had bred some war boars. War boars, is that right? Yeah, war boars. But he attached them to the squads, but I didn't know that they did anything but just followed behind the the squads. I don't think that they actually did any fighting at all.
1: Hmm.
0: Maybe they're there to maybe be like tanks and decrease the chance that anybody's going to target a dwarf? Yeah, there's- just
1: like the World of Warcraft Hunter. You, you send your pet in and you shoot them with your gun.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Mine, My dogs all seem to die when I send out squads to go raid other civilizations. It just comes back yeah. and it's just like yeah. complete canine carnage. You know, <laughs> everybody comes back without their pet, but fortunately we've got very fertile dogs in the fortress, so there's always <laughs> a you know, there's always a, a ton of them to, you know, staff
1: them back up again, but... Um. War, war dogs are a bit squishy, yeah. Um, but uh, they work great for fortress defense. Uh, you just throw them at goblins in, in massive amounts, like 50 war dogs at once, and it doesn't matter if they die, so you have some food later on. Um, it, it's fine, it's, it's
0: fine. I also noted that there is, for each, Okay, so you have a noble that is the leader of your military, right? And Mm -hmm. then each individual squad has a captain of that squad. Um, Have you noticed the characteristics of the dwarves you pick to be your leaders making a difference in your military?
1: I honestly don't care about that. I just see, okay, you're a pro-efficient Warhammer dwarf or whatever. You can uh, come in, and that's really the only thing that matters for me. I should take care of, uh, like, look into their brains and, like, wait—that's a weird phrase to say. Look into their brains. <laughs> weird.
0: Brings to um, mind mosquito, mosquito brains, and <laughs> mosquito brain flower and mosquito <laughs> loves.
1: You know what I mean? Like, look into yeah, their yeah. thoughts, not not in the mushy brain. Well, um, I don't know. Uh, sometimes, especially after fights. Some get really, really fast depressed. Some are really unaffected. And I had it two times that a dwarf actually ran away from a fight, even though he was trained and fully equipped. And I was like, "Oh, okay." I later found out that his uh, how's it called. He 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 was like a pacifist, so he despised (laughs) um, any kind of uh, personal conflict. That made him very, very unuseful for any kind of militia activity. Yeah, I just picked him out and he retired as a soldier. Yeah,
2: I don't know if you guys saw this, but somebody on Reddit had been posting these military or just these guides to Dwarf Fortress in general, It's somebody called Blue Knight Brown Horse. And it's these really cool. Um, I mean, it's like a drawing with this typeface basically that they've I mean it's all hand done but it's it's like just a guide to it and it's kind of like an overview guide of how to how to staff up your military or how to you know how to train your you know whatever so it's pretty cool you know it's all done very neatly in in a notebook and then the person like takes a picture of the notebook and posts it and it gives you a real good idea of like what a noble does and how to like how to assign dwarves certain roles and how to make sure that they're training and stuff because uh that was, that was one of the things that got me, is I'd build these squads, and then I'd forget to set them to actually train. And so I could never figure out why my dwarves were completely useless. Um, it's because even though they had these great barracks, they weren't training. So it's some pretty interesting stuff. Did you say Blue
0: Knight, Brown Horse?
2: That's right. Yeah, okay. I'm just double-checking it. Yeah, Blue Knight, uh, Brown this Horse. This stuff, yeah,
0: I remember that. I'll get that in the show notes for this episode.
2: Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's, it's it's really neat. Um, like graphic, you know, the graphic design of it's really cool too. And whoever did it's got a good, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool artist. So it's just neat when these kind of things come together. Um, yeah,
0: I like it. So shout out to Blue Knight Brown Horse.
2: Yeah, cool. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and anything to help demystify the military, I think is great. So as I say, I, you know, like I, had totally muddled that part. You know, I'd build these squads and they were trained up, but they were still, you know, making cheese or whatever. I'm like, dang it, come on! But yeah, there's like all kinds of things, like building mushroom plantations, and you know, all kinds of, all kinds of useful tips there. You know, you could have the, you know, the mushroom plantation of your dreams. Some of it looks kind of too complicated for me to do, but I love the idea, and it certainly makes me want to try some of the stuff.
0: And it's not just the military that it's nice to have all these uh, different, that, that we have all of these different resources for. It's kind of a recurring theme that this game can get pretty much as complex and as deep as you want it to get. But uh, as soon as you learn uh, how to, you know, get some food and dig some holes, you can start having fun with the game. And then you can go down the rabbit hole as deep as you want. For
2: sure. These things that are, people are building, like the screw pump towers and stuff like that and magma pumps and all that. I and mean, it's just, it is kind of endless. I, and minecarts, that's another one that I, I've yet to, I mean, I've built minecart tracks and I tried to do it and it just sat there. and thought, oh, yeah, I, don't, I think this is my indication that I'm not quite ready for this. <laughs> Looks useful.
0: There's so many things that I have never, never even touched. That, that, uh, that I, I'm just such a neophyte.
2: Yeah, like you could have entire, uh, entire. You basically could just turn your fort into a pewter making um, colony, I suppose. Like, because I see that pewter. I've never tried to do that. I, I, I'm desperate to try to get steel up and running, and I've, I've had some luck with it. But my last few embarks have had no iron, and I think that's one of the core components. So. You can make uh, pewter? Yeah, you can do pewter, which is... <laughs> I, I can't really... Maybe a mug, and then everybody gets lead poisoning, and the fool's <laughs> guys. I don't know if that's a thing. No,
0: your craft stores would then make pewter chess sets, you know? What even is... Oh, I see. It's okay. like, what, lead and aluminum? Is that it?
2: Yeah, whatever it is, I know that it kills the user. Maybe not a great idea, but hey, you know what? If the dwarves don't know it's bad for them, maybe it's not. Or maybe in this world, it. You know, it's fine. I don't, you know, it's lead poisoning. Hey. So anyway, the moral of the story is a pewter, maybe for crafts for elves. I don't know. You know, just like a passive aggressive way. Oh to yeah, off, I yeah. see. <laughs> I see.
1: It's genius. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do lead everything for the elves. You, you can definitely. <laughs> I I tend to make lead bell barrel, barrels. I I mean, that's kind of stupid, but uh, it's, it's not. No, it's great.
0: It's great. It's great. Here, take some dwarven wine in the lead barrels. (laughs) Yeah. I just
1: imagine it's like these early on uh, cans of food, but not non-sized, but actually dwarven sized. So giant barrels that look like cans of, I don't know, macaroni. Hey, that's a fun
2: tavern. Why is everyone sick after a while? Uh, that's not good. So I think would that tag you, because sometimes I'll get these messages and it'll say something like migrants have arrived despite the danger. And, you know, I'm looking around and everything from my perspective seems to be okay. I don't know what danger we're talking about. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but I always I really want to get to the bottom of what's the danger.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes I think sometimes your thought is like, well, you have like two troglodytes down in your minds. Uh, Better watch out. Sometimes it also happens when uh, you had a fight. Even a brawl sometimes can trigger that message directly before the migrants come, I think.
2: Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I, just trying to figure that out because I'm like, gee, I think I've done a occupational health and safety. Is you know my rating's great. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and then that stuff happens. Or like a wear jackal or a war horse comes when a trade caravan's in town and attacks the trade caravan, and then suddenly you're at odds with the mountain homes because you got attacked. That <laughs> that is an upsetting situation.
0: Uh, we have another subject now. We 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 have to do an episode on werebeasts, on what kind of werebeasts have you into? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. zebra so far is my favorite.
1: That's pretty neat. I'm pretty horrifying, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've got
2: uh I've got wear hyenas in the in the world that I've currently been playing and I've actually gone onto the DF wiki and written out the dates of all of the different full moons. So at least I have some kind of planning. So, you know, like the day before the full moon, I'm kind of ready with the military in case something happens and ready with the tombs to wall in a potential fight. Uh, that's,
0: that's a great idea. The The day before the full moon, part of your, hmm. your standard yeah. practice is to close up the outer doors of your fortress so the werebeasts can't get in.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah unless they're already the- in. <laughs>
0: Yeah, werebeasts have been the downfall of more than one of my forts. So.
2: I've had worlds that I think were already just completely overtaken by some sort of werebeast because every single migrant wave would have at least two in it. And then I eventually had to just abandon that world and curse Toadie for his thorough
1: simulations because <laughs> it was just really rough. I bet that where hyenas laugh just like me. You remember my old world, right? Um, I don't have too many uh beasts in it for some reason. I mean it's a giant world, but I have not so many. They are all were llamas, I think. Uh, it's it's just one type of were beast. Just one type and they all bit each other.
0: Yeah, I don't think that I have seen a situation where there was more than one variety of beast in my in my world. But by the time the werebeasts start showing up in my fortresses, usually that's gonna be close to the end of it anyway.
2: <laughs> fair enough
1: well you should yeah. definitely get into um, military then because a good suit of armor can definitely protect your wolves from a nasty bite from a zebra. Wow,
0: oh, that's a very good advice learning how to build squads and get any kind of military at all was indeed uh, prompted by werebeasts because I wanted to have somebody to be able to go out there and kill the werebees.
2: Yeah. And this is where I cue my crossbowmen to come out and just start trying to bash them with the crossbow whilst wearing (laughs) pigtail trousers and nothing else or whatever.
0: Well, you know, my archers with no training at all, whenever I send them out, they have tended to actually use their bows and arrows to try to try to kill the, the werebees and whatever it is that they're going after. So I've not run into this situation where they trying to bash them with uh, with um, their crossbows. At least I haven't noticed it.
1: Yon, do you use just any dwarf as an archer or do you tend to use rangers or hunters?
0: Any because, dwarf. I just I just yeah. find one and I click this guy's an archer. <laughs> hmm. Give him the bolts. Because I, I, s- in fact, I don't even remember how I how I specified it. I don't know if there was a checkbox on Dwarf Therapist that I checked or or what, but I don't know. Hmm.
1: hmm. Well, I I seem to um, flow better when I take Rangers or Hunters because they are already trained in uh, bows and uh, crossbow stuff. And uh, even when they are not training directly in the, the not working barracks, they go out and hunt and train while, well, not attending their military duties.
0: That could very well be it. It could be the fact that I, especially uh, in my early Dwarf Fortress playing, one of my main sources of food was hunting, or at least I tried to make it my main source of food. As we talked about previously, I tended to just kill animals and let them rot. But we did have a lot of uh, a lot of people and shooting things with with bows, so that may be where my archers came from was from hunting and they were already trained from it.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I remember reading now something like if you put, um, a ranger or a, or a hunter in your squad of non archery based they'll they'll struggle with it or they'll, you know, they'll feel out of place. So that makes sense. So maybe it is better to just do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna experiment with that and have some measurable stats on that, because now I'm now I'm super intrigued because I would love to have functional archers. This 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 is exciting to feed my forgotten beast with archers instead of brute force
1: biting its ears or whatever. I hope you guys know that different types of metal produce uh, different useful sorts of bolts or arrows. I tend to make them out of wood. Oh, oh my God. No wood is the worst just next to bone because it's quite light white and you cannot make them really sharp so i tend to use uh silver they're really heavy and they sometimes even punch through armor so even a goblin in iron armor will get freaked up by my silver (laughs) bolts
2: that's an intriguing point um, I used bone and wood for training arrows, or at least to hope that they use those for training arrows. But, um, but yeah, for real stuff. Mm. Interesting.
0: It occurred to me that I will sit down to play Dwarf Fortress and I will not be able to stay on task. I will sit down planning on working on my military And an hour and a half later, I'm, you know, doing something completely unrelated to that. And then I'm done with my session and I go, gee, I didn't do anything that I wanted to actually do. It's like real life, right?
1: (laughs) I think it's not really the War Fortress thing. If you're just flowing through your stuff, if you have a plan, but you don't really go along with your plan and get distracted by other things. Um, other, other stuff, and you end uh, up harvesting plums or uh, I don't know, trading with the elves again, uh, even though you actually wanted to make your military work. Uh, that's fine. I mean, it still has to be done at some point, both the military and the trading. So just doing this, then doing that, then doing this again. I think that's fine playstyle. You know, there's nothing to be uh, to to make better about that.
0: That's a good point. It is it is play. I'm I'm thinking, do I need to Todoist boards explicitly for Dwarf Fortress?
2: That's where that scenario generator comes in handy. You can you know, if you really want a challenge, you know, you end up and one of the parameters is the only the only industry you can have is a soap making industry or something. Like, wow, yeah. that changes things.
0: Yeah. I need the Fisher-Price version of that, though. <laughs> well,
2: then you just make toy boats. Fisher-Price version what?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Fisher-Price is a, a toy company in America for toddlers. They make, like, trucks with big plastic wheels and things that are safe for two-year-olds to put in their mouths. Oh, So what I meant was I need the very rudimentary version of okay. the scenario generator that says, <laughs> Farm Mushrooms!
2: You could call it the
1: Playmobil version of Dwarf Fortress. (laughs) Yeah, I should um, totally get that uh, generator going. Just imagine a world and everything of Fortress is actually through and through, made and planned, only based on that generator. Sounds great.
2: I went deep into a soap making thing because I kept getting attacked by these mole man people or whatever, and they were so irritating that I noticed that when I killed them, I would have Mole Man Person Tallow. So I just decided to start making <laughs> Mole Man Person Soap. And that was the only thing I had, and then I kept selling it to every trade caravan that came through. And then as I started new forts, I've noticed that Mole Man Person Soap still shows up in the trade the trade caravans, and I am still very <laughs> proud of this accomplishment. And I hope it's a lesson to the Mole Man people that we will dominate you so badly. Oh my god!
0: <sighs> Love it. I looked through the uh, I looked through the dev notes that he posted on the fifteenth, and from that I pulled out what I was questioning on our last episode. Like, what does he mean by "end of the world"? And he specifically is talking about zombie apocalypse. Hmm. So uh, yeah so the world ending by zombie takeover created by a necromancer
2: and i know that one of them was he's chasing down a bug where the zombie armies of the necromancer would occasionally wander off and join performance troops and i yeah
0: i read that i actually
2: felt sad i was like no that's not a bug that's like one of those (laughs) glorious things i would love more than to have that a zombie singing troupe come to town because A, it's probably better than most pop music and B, it (laughs) just sounds great. I mean, I I love it. They wouldn't drink much alcohol and, you know, they'd be funny. Would Uh, would they still attack you? Well, that's the question. Although that would also be kind of fun, I think, you know, suddenly the dancer started attacking. I I don't
1: know. The the already rotting dancer with one eye and maggots in his stomach suddenly attacks you and you're like, what? You are undead? (laughs) No way. It's a great way for people to see their relative again. Hey, hey, or, um, I, I'm totally getting derailed by this, but, uh, just imagine, um, they don't attack you and all your dwarves linger around for the show and, like, well, the dance is quite nice, but, uh, they still get the, the, the frightened stuff because they see undead people. So they're, hmm, I like this dance, but I'm very scared of the undead people dancing in front of me. <laughs>
2: it's sort of like people watching horror movies, you know? People are scared by it, but at the same time, they're intrigued and entertained. So, I don't know, maybe it'll make him better somehow. So, if he, if he can't fix the bug, I would say that's fine. But, uh, yeah. Just leave know. it in there. I'm just happy that he shared it, because it is really hilarious. <laughs>
0: It may also be a game breaking bug, you know, that that if that happens yeah. then then something that we're not considering happens that just destroys the game. So
2: And I you know, I feel like as awesome as it sounds, I'm totally happy to take his lead on. No, trust me, you guys really don't want this because I feel like this developer is definitely somebody who could introduce very sadistic things into the game. And if this is something that he looks at and he's like yeah, no, we're not going to do that. I I feel like there's a reason behind it because otherwise, I think it would just sort of happen. True.
0: So yeah, it didn't look like that he had too much more on the on the dev notes like like last time. It's pretty much more the same right now.
2: I mean, I'm hoping that that's a good sign that things are, you know, it seems like it's getting kind of narrowed and focused. And like, hey, if we have a, you know, a Christmas update, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So as we mentioned before, my fortress, which is called Village Umstizkal, sizzled wheels village. What's that mean? It says village Umstizkal.
2: Um, I think it has to do with population. Yeah, your size.
0: Cool. So I have a population of seventy-six right now. Now, did I hear someone say that that at eighty is where you attract the the vile forces of darkness?
2: Seems to be the general consensus on that one. Yep.
0: I need to kill some dwarves because I don't <laughs> want <to> age.
2: <laughs> oh, you know how to do that? Just go send them out to attack a, That's a what goblin I was say. fortress. That'll that'll help you fly under the radar. And do get rid of your dwarves.
0: I was thinking more along the lines of so so as we said, I actually did open up my my caverns. But I haven't actually explored any of them, so I should send have just a bunch of my dwarves that I look through and don't care for and give them wooden swords and send them down to the caverns. Yeah, give them
2: wooden swords. Oh, that's harsh. (laughs) Here, guys, take a toothpick and go fight a forgotten beast. Come back when you have some friends. Well, it would be just a stick. Horrible.
0: I want to take a screenshot of, of my discovery of the of the caverns here.
2: I pulled up my instance just to look at the name and size of my fortress. And the minute that I loaded it, a forgotten beast had arrived. And I was like, come on. really? Are we doing this now? We are. And then I ignored it while I was talking to you guys. And then it got in and killed about, I don't know, enough people to make it a thing.
0: <laughs> well, it's the, the pause button would be handy there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it would, uh, and and that is how I notify. That's how I. That's how I noticed what was happening. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> my manager's dead. Well, easy come, easy go. You know, at some point, dwarves, you need to take responsibility. For these things.
0: My first Z level with caverns is thirty, and I am following them on down here. The bottom one is forty nine. the The caverns are nineteen Z layers deep in this. <sighs>
1: Well, I hope no ma- nobody is jumping down there because that is a deep, deep drop.
0: Oh, that's my pit. Yes. Yeah, I was about okay. to
2: say, may I make a recommendation? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: All right. So if you want to gonna...
2: shore things up, put some spikes at the very bottom, just to, <laughs> just as a you know, belt and suspenders approach. Yeah, like a spiky
1: toilet. Huh.
0: Uh, Roland, you said that you were under the weather this week. Did you get to play any at all? No, sadly not. Ah, bummer. Mm -hmm. Tony.
2: Yeah, I did. I, I've been trying to figure out my post siege cleanup. So I took a page from Roland's book and have tried to build a flushing toilet structure for my siege entrance. So I've built a huge retaining wall thing filled with water and then a little siege entrance and then um, and then yeah, so then after the siege, hopefully I can just flush it all out with water and all the carnage will be washed away. But um, in the first siege I had, I'd forgotten um, that one of the walls wasn't completed by the Dwarves. I guess they'd suspended construction. so the siege just came right through. And so that was not you know an ideal situation. For anything but um yeah now i have another siege in progress so i'm really hoping to see how things go <laughs> so they went around to trap they did they just walked right into the fortress which was uh yeah not not really what you want but um Damn. yeah <laughs> oh
0: well <laughs> well next time you need to do it with magma
2: man i i would love to do it with magma but um I'm not I'm not there yet. My confidence of magma is still somewhat uh, lacking.
1: You know, I would totally do that. If I would know how to use my cards, then I could do that. But
2: one of my big discoveries um, this year has or this year, this, this go around has been if you click on something that you've attached a lever to, and you push Control M, It'll take you directly to the lever that's connected to that. So you don't have to go, hey, what's this lever? Do? What's this lever? Do? Like, it'll they'll actually just, it'll work,
0: oh, which wow. is for me,
2: really exciting. I'm very, really very amazing. happy with that. So I've um, flooded my fortress a lot less and, uh, you know, closed the right gates and having smashed doors. It's been a really good, um, it's been a good time. I'm glad I learned that one. That, that's been useful. That's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Control M.
0: Okay. So I guess that'll uh, that'll wrap up our episode. I do want to give a shout out. I talked about that RPG on our last episode uh, and I didn't know many details about it. It's been released now. The, the RPG is named uh, Avarice and it's based on Dwarf Fortress and it's actually I uh, bought it and downloaded it and it's it's pretty neat. Um, it's great. He, he's uh, sending it through drive through RPG where you can uh, do a suggest your own price uh, kind of deal. So. Uh, you can take a look at it and, and uh, you know donate or, or pay what you think it's worth. So that's a uh, that's generous. It's got some cool artwork from uh, from Krug Smash in it, and uh, so uh, just uh, I'll put a show uh, link in the show notes to to where you can take a look at that and and if you want to download it uh, then you can and uh, and so I think that's cool that someone is is kind of branching out. You know, if it inspires RPGs too, then all the better.
2: Yeah, right on. It's always fun to see creative things that people do with stuff i always think that
0: people do with stuff
1: yes indeed
2: they, they, I, I am an eloquent speaker <laughs> for sure lots of words the, only the best words hey, i know the pain i know the pain
0: yeah it's some actually some good writing in the in the art. yeah uh, uh, it's a good read regardless it's amusing and it's very dwarfy so yeah cool so good job uh, i think it's I think the gentleman's last name is Ross. Again, I will put his name and the, and uh, the, a link to, to download that in the show notes. So um, anywho, neat. Yeah. So you guys got anything else you want to talk about today?
1: Mm, no, I, I think that's it.
0: All right. Well, I guess that'll wrap up this episode of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. Uh, thanks everybody for joining. Please go ahead and send in your, uh, your requests for shout outs to people who have, uh, who have created tutorials that you look up to and we will get some recognition out to people who deserve recognition. I want to thank everybody for subscribing and downloading to the podcast. It's been getting some good growth and, and uh, you know, tell your friends and, and uh, we'll keep on uh, creating episodes as long as y'all keep on listening to them. So It's been fun. Till next time I'm Roland, I'm Jonathan, I'm Tony. Have a great week. This has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Please stop by and leave a comment or suggestion in the comments section of this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. Music is Sky Q. Ellen, composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find Kevin McLeod's music at incompetech.com. You can find a link in the show notes. This is a microcline podcast. All craft store ship is of the highest quality. It is encircled with bands of radiant cut clear zircons. This podcast menaces with spikes of microcline.